All right, welcome into the latest edition of Lima Land Hoops and History Special Edition tonight. Uh, we're taping this on Thursday, February 18th. It's uh, live from our studios. Lima Land Hoops and History, uh, I'm going to welcome in a couple of really, well, a dear friend in uh, Marty Kimbrough, who I grew up with, uh, who uh, was a uh, all-city performer, an all-conference performer at Lima Senior uh, and had a uh, four-year career at Heidelberg. Uh, and then Martise Kimbrough, his son, uh, who was the uh, legendary player for Lima Central Catholic uh, for the University of Finley. He was an All-American and uh, playing overseas in Spain uh, as recent uh, as last year. So I welcome him in. Marty, good to have you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. You got it. All right, uh, Martise, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain. I appreciate you having us on. You know it. Uh, so listen, uh, let's, you know, we were doing a, a little reminiscing before we started, but, uh, you know, I what what I knew is uh, I grew up on Lakewood Avenue. Marty, you, you and your family grew up on Lakewood Avenue. And what I knew about the Kimbros were they were not only incredible people, but they were incredible athletes. Uh, what 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 do you remember? How would you describe growing up uh, on Lakewood Avenue and having the the park, having your basketball court back behind your house in the alley where lots of people came to play? How would you describe growing up and falling in love with the game of basketball? Well, man, I, I had the best of both worlds. Like I said, we were one of the few people that I had our own course in the backyard, as well as you know you had Bradfield Center. All I had to do was run across Froke Park, and I'm there within a couple minutes. Yeah, and uh, I had two older brothers. You know, for as far as back as I can remember, I've played sports all my life. So that's that's been my life so far. And I've been, like I said, been fortunate and blessed to, to have that uh, situation with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who's the who's the who's at bragging rights? Uh, at th- who's the best athlete? Uh, include include your dad in it. Uh, who's the best athlete in the Kimbrough family? That's oh, the conversation me. we had <laughs> quite a bit on Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, and you got to remember my cousin, uh, Trey Howard, who did very well. Oh, he, yeah. he comes over, and of course, you remember uh, Aaron Anthony at, at LCC. So uh, we, we still have those uh, conversations, but I'll let Martise chime in on that, too. Uh, man, the best, man, to me, I'd have to say probably my, my, I'll give my granddad the title of the best athlete. Yeah. Just because he, he laid the foundation. He, he started Iowa it. State. Yep. Um, he went to Iowa State, played football, and had a legendary career at um, Lima Senior when he was in high school. So he laid the foundation. But uh, everybody I talked to always said how, how good my dad was and my uncles were. But um, uh, even like Anthony Kimball, he was really good at football. A lot of people don't know he was a hell of an athlete also. Yeah. Um, along with Trey Howard. So it's, it's, a, it's a debate. I, I'll put myself up there for sure. But. As far as who's not at the top of the list, I got my granddad. Oh yeah, very good. Uh, his name was Ed Ed Kimbrough, right? Eddie Kimbrough. Ed Kimbrough. That's yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Well, he was just uh, to me. I just remember Eddie Kimbrough being this uh, gentle giant and a, and a and a guy who was really affable and was really um, you know easy to talk to uh, as a parent back in those days. But uh, I can tell you this: uh, you you can you can use that at your next Thanksgiving. I can tell you the guy that w- was was feared in my neighborhood in terms of the best athlete was Bobby Kimbrough. And he was my age, and he was a guy who, he was the triple threat. I mean, he, 
he was a great softball player, CYO softball player, a great basketball player, and a great football player. And so he, and when I'm growing up, I'm always like pointing towards Bobby Kimbrough in the same conversation as like Billy Tafling or Steve Taff. I mean, these guys are really good athletes. And I always define an athlete as somebody who can do all kinds of things, not just not just basketball, but uh, he was one heck of a basketball player. And, a, and it was fun to have a rivalry with the likes of Bobby Kimbrough, Steve Tafflinger, who went back and forth between the, some of the public schools, uh, Lowell and, and then St. Charles and then back to West, and Sean Allen, um, you know, Billy Glover, Mike Tyson, these guys who were really good athletes, and we competed, uh, but we're always friends uh, once it was said and done. So um, the neighborhood was really cool. It was really great to be a fan of Lima Senior uh, alongside when I'm going to St. Charles and LCC. And um, my first memories of it all were, you know, LCC playing Lima Senior in the holiday tournament. And I remember how packed it was at the old Lima Senior Gymnasium, Marty. And I remember Ron Niekamp and Bob Sagerson battling. And I know that 82 team that your brother Steve was on uh, with Bruce Andrews and Eric Pitts. Um, what do you remember about, were, were you were you engaged in that at that time? I mean, you're one, I think one year younger than me. So I'm guessing you were all engaged in that. Yeah, like I said, my brother Steve <clears throat> graduated in 82. They were one of the only five teams that went to the state. They had a really good team. And, you know, I was always kind of a part of the team, so to speak. I was always around the guys, whether it be Bruce Andrews, Eric Pitts, Lee Meeks, yeah. uh, Tony Haywood, wow. Cashville McClellan. So it was a great time. And, you know, I, like I said, I felt like I was kind of a part of the team there. And, and I still say this to this day. Me and Marquise had these conversations. I'm a little biased. But I still feel that the 80s were the best basketball at that time. With the holiday tournament, playing LCC games sold out. The GMC with having Chris Carter and the great Middletown team, Cincinnati, Princeton, Dakota, Hamilton, Fairfield every weekend. Then you have to come back on Saturday once you got back at 1.30 in the morning and get ready to play Toledo Maycomber. Yeah. That was yeah. every week. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. But that 82 team kind of, because I think it had been like, 1968 was the last time they went to the state. So okay. they had 14 years, and they kind of set the tone. And from there on, I think 82, they went to the state, 83 regional finals, 84 regional finals, yeah. 85 yeah. regionals. My, my senior year, 86, we went to the regional semifinals, and things just started kind of taking off from there. Yeah. No, those were great eras. Uh, how would you describe How would you describe uh, Bruce Andrews Sr.? Bruce and people, you have to see him to believe it. Probably a 45-inch vertical. Came out of nowhere. Bruce played at South, and then, like I said, he didn't play for a couple years. He got him back on the team his senior year. He made All-State. And, you know, people that know Bruce, he, he, he's, he's a legend. I mean, like Bruce is kind of a laid-back. He's kind of a quiet, shy guy. He don't like a whole lot of attention and stuff. But Bruce Andrews is one of the best players to ever come out of Lama Senior. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Ron Niekamp was his coach. He had coached at Ottawa. Then he coached at uh, – uh, Lima senior and then uh, really took Finley the University of Finley where they've had great success prior to Ron but uh, won a national championship there uh, what was it like playing for uh, Ron Niekamp Marty? Niekamp was actually a college coach back then in high school he was a great coach yeah. uh, he was all about business you know he, he knew his X's and O's uh, he made guys better <clears throat> we kind of joke with him that you know we're the ones that got him that job at Finley Mm. Uh, would have been my junior year. Yeah, that's my right. Uh, senior year was the last year, and he the next 26 years he coached at uh, 
uh, Finley, and like I say, won national championship, Hall of Fame coach. He's definitely a legend. But I really enjoyed my time. No, no doubt he's the best coach uh, that I've ever coached. Yeah, very good. Uh, who would you say, Marty, is the greatest player to walk the halls at Lima Senior to never put on a jersey? Oof. There, there's, there's a few guys that I can name. I mean, one comes to mind, and you would know this name, Jennery Phillips. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jennery was one of the best athletes, football and basketball, and actually played baseball as well, that uh, came out of Lima Senior and actually never played. Yeah. Just had a few little issues here and there, and, and he didn't play any, any basketball anymore. But just off the top of my head right now, I would say Jennery Phillips. There's a few that kind of come to mind as well, but Jennery definitely was, was a heck of an athlete that really could have took his game to the next level. Yeah, we'll get Martise in here in just a sec. Uh, but just a couple more things on the uh, kind of the 80s uh, world. So, you know, you're, you're uh, a couple years younger than William White, and a year younger than Andre Reed, the Sean Allens, Ronnie Coopers. You, you have these great teams with Anthony, the late Anthony Thompson. Um, how was that like? Because, you know, kids today, they don't, you know, you and I, I, I played, you know, scattering my junior year. And then I played, I was a captain my senior year and played at Lima Central Catholic. You know, I, and that was kind of the norm. You, you played and you either played your junior year and your senior year was the norm uh, how, how did you, how, how, how would you describe those years where, you know, a person like you could average 20 points a game your senior year, but you probably didn't get a whole lot of time because of the guards in front of you? That is true. Uh, back then, the norm was junior and senior year. Even the great Anthony Thompson, uh, when they went to the state in 82, he got moved up from the JV team just to travel with the team. Oh, he got wow. no playing forever. Then the next year, of course, his junior year is when he kind of took off. But that was the norm, and that's what kind of made Andre special at that time. He was the only one in our era that played varsity as a sophomore. Yeah. Of course, if you remember back then, you only went to senior high in the 10th grade anyways because you were still in the junior highs. Right. Uh, right. So that's what made Andre kind of separate himself. But that was the norm. I think I averaged five points a game my junior year. I had Andre Reed and Sean Allen, who went on to play four years at Ohio Northern. Yeah. They were in front of me. And uh, so, you know, I played my role and, you know, did what Coach Niekamp asked me. And, you know, the next year when it was my turn, that's when, when, when I kind of took off. And, 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 yeah. and went, and, yeah, but that was actually the norm. Junior and senior year. I think we had three juniors my junior year on varsity. We were senior late. We had nine seniors. I think myself, you remember Red Bratton? Sure. And Eric Smith were the only three uh, juniors playing uh, varsity. And I, that was the norm. I was scared of Red. I was scared of Red Bratton. <laughs> He was, yeah, he was pretty solid back then. Yeah, <laughs> he was a tough defender, and uh, I think I had to line up against him once in, uh, like, I was in eighth grade, he was in seventh grade football, and yeah. that was not a pleasant experience. But uh, Yeah, it would have been him. He, he was pretty huge back when he was young. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll come back uh, We'll come back and forth. But, uh, Martise, uh, so now the, you know, uh, your dad plays for a guy who the arena is now named after at the University of Finley, where you were an All-American uh, in Ron Niekamp. So uh, connect those two dots where you're playing at a place that uh, has a legendary uh, former coach, and then your your dad played for him in high school where, as uh, Marty indicated, that that uh, really elevated Ron Niekamp doing as well as he did at Lima Senior. Yeah, it was, uh, it was actually really cool uh, just to hear the stories that some of the stories my dad just told you about and other things he's talked about. So it, it was cool to actually 
get to Finley and then meet Coach Lee Kemp and develop a relationship with him and, and his wife. And, you know, he comes back to the school and he's he's real active with um, the basketball program. And he would come and talk to us sometimes and, you know, just give me advice here and there. So, you know, Coach Kemp, he was he, he just a very respectable guy. Like when you hear his ex-players from Lyman Senior talk about him, it's nothing but positive things. And they, they all talk about how they came on to become great men because of him. And then obviously at Philly, you see the, the court just got named after him. And, and I might be wrong, but I, I think that 09 Finley team might be the only team to go undefeated all year and win the championship at any division in men's basketball. Um, I could be wrong, but I think they're the only team to do that. So, uh, so yeah, he, he's a guy yeah. that obviously knows a little bit of what he's talking about. So whenever he's saying something, I make sure I'm all ears. For sure. I, I always uh, I thought about and, and potentially Indiana when they won it with Bobby Knight in 76 were undefeated. But maybe in Division Two because – when I, I used to go to those games, and I actually used to go, uh, Marty, with uh, one of your former coaches, uh, Jim Penn, who played at Finley, oh, yeah. and yeah. Jim Carter, who was my uh, freshman coach at Lima Central Catholic, and then mm-hmm. and he, he was an All-American there with his brother Jerry at Finley. But we would go to those games, and, and you know, there's, there's an old uh, Potter Stewart Supreme Court um, conversation about pornography where he says – I, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And then when I see Ron Niekamp's teams play, I'm like, I can't really define what they do well, but I know it when I see it. It's unbelievable how well the spacing was, both offensively, how how they defended, how they moved the basketball. And so I had a great front court row because I would go with those two coaches, those former coaches uh, who played at Finley those years, Martise, and it was uh, it was a real not only a real joy but it was a real education uh, to be able to watch it and 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 so when you're young you don't really know oh Ron Niekamp's the coach of Lima Senior and you're playing against him I don't think you can appreciate it as much than in you know another you know a couple decades later being able to see that so I'm really glad you got the experience that you got to go there uh, you certainly uh, made our area really proud uh, in what you were doing. Uh, take us back. Uh, you won a state championship at LCC. Um, you were an all-state performer. You were, you know, the player of the year. All of those things. But when it when it came down to choosing a college, uh, who was in that mix? Who who is you're getting into the March, April? Well, maybe I shouldn't say that because I, I that's an assumption. Who was in the mix when you were looking at your senior going into your senior year and where you were going to go play uh, college basketball? Yeah, um, so for me, my my um, college recruitment wasn't really the norm for a lot of people. Um, I actually didn't receive my first official offer until the summer going into my senior year, so things moved pretty quickly um, once they started coming in. Um, but I, for some reason, I, I always really liked um, Finley, even before they offered me, though. Like, I think me and my dad went to a game, I want to say maybe my freshman year of high school, and, I went to some of their elite camps that they had, and they, they showed a lot of interest in me, but um, they actually never offered me when I was in high school. Um, hmm. So at that time, the, the schools that I was looking at, um, obviously I, I went to UWindy. Um, I committed to UWindy for my freshman season. But um, man, other than that, basically the entire GLIAC conference, like man, Ashland, Lake Erie, um, I heard, heard a lot from like Rice State, IPFW. Um, UMKC, a Division One school out in um, Kansas City, uh, Austin P, 
um, Eastern Illinois. You know, just and, and other than that, it's a lot of the Division Two schools really all in the the GLBC. and GLBC. Yeah. What was where was your favorite visit? Uh, my favorite visit. Uh, man, I think honestly, UND was probably my favorite one. Um, University of Indianapolis. Yeah, University yeah. of Indianapolis. I'm sorry, University yeah. of Indianapolis. That was that was probably my favorite visit. I'd say. It, yeah. I think it was just it was it was early in the process for me, and then when I went, um, I believe it was like senior night uh, for the football game. So we went there, tailgated the entire team, and spent the night there. And they had me with um, one of one of the players who I'm still good friends with today. So I think I would say overall that was probably my best one. Yeah, and then you ended up going there. Uh, were you there for just one year? Yeah, I was there just for my freshman year. Yeah, and then and then to Finley. How did that how did that then happen that you ended up um, not not just looking at how did you then how did then Finley connect with you uh, once you said hey I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna exit University of Indianapolis. Yeah, so you know by the time I had uh, you know decided to transfer and got my release papers and those things from my coach, um, we were reaching out to schools and when you, your name answers, uh, answers the transfer portal, some schools actually may reach out to you. Um, so to make a long story short, um, earlier that season, so that would have been the 2014-2015 season, uh, Finley had lost a couple of their players due to some, some things that had happened uh, at the school or whatever. So they lost two guards. So I was in need of a school. They were in need of some guards. Yeah. Familiar base. And I, I and ironically, I saw Coach Ernst that year at the state championship, um, which would have been my freshman year of college, and he was going to watch LCC mm. versus um, Los Angeles St. Joseph's. And I saw Coach Ernst at the state championship game, not knowing that I was going to end up transferring there at the time. I just seen him, spoke to him, say hi. So it, it was just crazy how things kind of ended up working out. But I had no idea I would even be transferring at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great story. So how does basketball, Lima Senior Basketball Royalty, Marty, how does Akimbro end up at Lima Central Catholic? <laughs> I've, I've been asked that numerous times. Uh, hey, I got some people who have asked me that too from Lima Senior, okay? <laughs> you know, a situation where that was what I, I really say is Martisha's first kind of grown man decision. Mm-hmm. You know, he sat down with me, he said, Dad, you know, I'm thinking about wanting to go to LCC, perhaps. Now, mind you, I'm the assistant coach at Lima Senior at the time, if you remember. Yeah, I do. Myself, yeah. obviously, Sean Allen was the head coach. Quincy was the JV coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Jackson was the freshman coach. I'm assistant varsity. So I kind of said, okay, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention, but he actually came to me again. I said, okay, this is serious. We, we need to sit down and talk. So I just said, put it on paper. Give me your pros and cons of each school. I said, I want to know you know about the academics. You tell me about, you know, the... Uh, you know, off the court, you know, how you can interact with kids at both schools and just how you think you would fit in. And, and uh, actually, Martise was also playing soccer at the time. It was a really good soccer player. A lot of people don't know this. So mm. and I said, you know, you can actually talk to the coaches and see, you know, what the interest was. So he wrote all that out. He did his homework. He did his due diligence. And it actually was a no brainer. It was like LCC checked all the boxes. Mm. He said, you know what? You're the one that has to go to school. This isn't about me. Uh, this is about you, and that's what you want to do. I'm in agreement with what you did. I'm okay with that. And immediately, I said, well, don't tell any of your friends. Don't get, I, I, at the time, I think it was MySpace. 
don't get on my space and talk about your decision. I said, I, I'm going to go personally tell, you know, shine out on myself. Obviously, I'm the coach, so I didn't want him to hear it through third person or through the grapevine. So I immediately told Sean, you know, yeah. what my decision was as a coach, I'm going to resign. And this is what the reason why. Mm. And uh, told him about that decision. And, and that was that. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, it sure is. Martise, what do you remember about making that decision? Yeah, I mean, honestly, kind of just what my dad was saying. And, and you know, at the time, it really honestly was not an easy decision. Because would, all of my best friends. I would think. Yeah, all of my best friends, all of my AAU teammates, we were all at the city schools. And, you know, growing up in Lyman, like, we such a, a basketball city. Everybody can't wait to go and play, um, honestly, for, for Lyman Senior. Like, at that time, you just wanted to grow up and you're looking up to, like, Travis Walton and Chris McClellan and, like, Willie Tisdale, those guys, like, Anton Hutchins. Like, I, and I was a ball boy for Lyman Senior on top of that. <laughs> right. It was it, it definitely wasn't easy, but you know, looking long term, and my dad um, and my mom just kind of left it in my hand to say, you know, obviously pray on it and then just see like what the pros and cons are. And at the time, you know, we felt that was what the best decision would be in terms of what kind of aligned with my future goals at that time. So, um, man, it was a tough decision, but it actually worked out because some of my friends were already in the Catholic school system. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it went on from there, and, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, was Coach Segerson the coach when you made your decision at Lima Central Catholic, or was Frank Kill the coach? Yeah. My my eighth grade year was um, Coach Segg's last year when they, they won that state title, and then okay. Coach Kill's year was my first year. Had you already made that decision in eighth grade before they won the state championship? Yeah, people would ask me that all the time. Mm. Yes, I, I had that decision already made. Um so for that. So what I was your reaction to yeah, what was your reaction to Coach Segerson then not being the coach there that you were <laughs> that you were going in there? Man, we I mean, I was just as shocked as anyone, but I also want to make it known like I, we weren't going on like a basketball gotcha. decision though. Basketball wasn't the primary primary thinking um that we had in our minds. Yeah. But Obviously, at the time, I did think Coach Seg would be coaching, and I and I developed a relationship with him just through going through T-Bird camp my whole life. Oh yeah. Obviously, he knew my family growing up, but but y'all just as surprised as, as anyone else. Um, it yeah. Out. So so here's after that game, and I I was lucky enough to actually be on the broadcast of that championship game on the radio, and then afterwards, my colleague and dear friend Vince Coza, um, you know, we we know it because. Seg had told us that this was his last game and uh, before it started. And and uh, Vince asked it at the press conference to Coach Segerson. And Coach Segerson said, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that right now. That was in the beginning of the press conference after the state championship win. And then as it goes by maybe 20 minutes, he then said, hey, I have something to tell you. And then he dropped it that that was his last game. So... Um, yeah, that's very interesting. The timing of your entry there and then uh, Coach Segerson's retirement, a state championship. And then, of course, you guys get a state championship in 2014. And then another one uh, subsequently in 2016. Um, you, you, you weren't, uh, as I recall it, you, you weren't scoring at the, at the peak that you were scoring at 
your sophomore and junior year, and I know you guys always ran into Ottawa Glandorf, and that wasn't that didn't work out great, right? Um, in the regionals, and then all of a sudden, you just had this what I call the Desi Kirkman, Martise Kimbrough just burst in your senior year, where you just be, you know elevated your game. What took place in 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 your you know years going up to that, and then your senior year? Uh, becoming the really the the all state performer that you became. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I I just was such a hard worker, um, and what people saw senior year, I I felt, and my people closest to me felt like I was always capable of that. But you know, yeah. obviously, you have I'm, I was younger, and I had guys that were better than me and more experienced than me at the time. So as I, when I'm a sophomore. I'm playing with guys who had just won a state championship two years prior. Um, they were physically bigger than me, physically stronger than me at that time. So I just had to use what I had and figure it out, but still do what I could to get on the court. So whatever Coach Kill was asking of me, I tried to make sure I did that the best that I could. Um, I know I can shoot good. So I was like, all right, well, when I got a shot, just let it fly. And from that point, man, just keep working. Um, I just I, I had big goals for myself before I came into high school. I had goals that I wanted for like a, a season and career goals. So it was just being focused on that, along with being focused on getting to college. So um, honestly, the summer, the summer, like I said, the summer going into my senior year was just a huge summer because I, I felt like I was just as good as a lot of different players, and but I just wasn't really getting certain recognition. But um, I wasn't worried about it, but I definitely use it as motivation. So I, I don't, I don't know. Things just kind of fell into place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the reason it happened that way, and then senior year went the way it did, and I was the leader of the team. You know, my sophomore year, I had, we had like Tyler O'Connor who went on to be starting quarterback. My junior year, we had Trayon Johnson who was a great leader. So I think me and Xavier Simpson also being on that team my, my senior year also helped a lot because we I think games um can pretty well together so it, it, things kind of just fell into place really yeah well they they did fall into place but I do always go back to you know I I, I used to go to the Y uh, when I was a younger kid and uh a younger person and I would see Andre Horton there at five in the morning and I always said that it was no accident that he had the success that he had for Lima Senior, and it was no accident that you had the success that you had at Lima Central Catholic, as you said at the top uh, of your answer there, which was you put in the work. And so uh, that's that's refreshing. Okay, uh, 2016 or 2014 team, I always hear that debate at Lima Central Catholic, those two state championships. Who's the best? 2014. Okay, so in a word, 20, <laughs> in a word, 2014. Okay, um, Let's uh, let's you know the one you you talked about it. Lima's been known, and you both are in this category of having great uh, basketball players and having this love. It's a love affair in Lima for having great players. We have five Mr. Basketballs, uh, potentially a sixth here on the way with uh, George Mangus. He'll be at least in consideration to uh, become Lima Land's sixth. Greg Simpson won it twice. Aaron Hutchins, Jamar Butler, and then Xavier Simpson. Uh, Mart Marty. How would you describe, you would have just been, you know, a few years removed uh, from graduating from Lima Senior, and here comes Greg Simpson. When when did you first know about who Greg Simpson was? 
I can remember Greg when he first started playing as a little kid. His uh, uncle, which is Tony Simpson, me and Tony were best friends. Mm. So I knew Greg when he was just, I mean, really literally a little kid, like three years old. So then I started hearing a lot of stories about him once he got to uh, junior high with the number of amount of points he was scoring. I think one game he might have had 54. Mm. Uh, mind you, the game is only 28 minutes long. Right. Uh, so I would see him down at Bradfield Center all the time. You know, we were the older guys. And I gave you a short story. One time we came back from church, obviously on Sunday, and getting ready to eat, and I hear a knock at the back door. I look out there, I don't see anybody. So I hear the knock again, like, what's going on? I know I hear something. I go back there, and it's Greg Simpson by himself. He got his own basketball, mm. and he wanted to play with because obviously we knew each other. So Greg has been like a gym rat since day one as well. So he just took off from, from, from the time I, I've known him. So I've been knowing Greg for, for, for a long time here. So he, yeah. Uh, Right now, he has that title. It's probably the best player to ever come out alive. Yeah, you you uh, you mentioned that uh, people started to go see him, literally in junior high, and started to hear about him. And you're right; they're they're playing six minute quarters, and he's getting you know forty and fifty points a game. Um, then there was the you know the 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 uh, the decision or the policy that was changed because right. the the schools were west, south, and north were seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And uh, he was he was the, the the school board vote ended up being three to two in favor of him being able to play as a freshman. What do you recall about all that? Well, I've, I've talked to Greg and Greg's dad, you know, about that. And they kind of gave me the inside story. Their the plan was obviously it was going to be a wasted year for him just to play freshman basketball at that time. It was just so easy. So they petitioned, you know, the school yeah. board and their plan was just to play JV. Varsity was never in the mix from Greg and his dad. That's from their own admission. But wow. uh, the coach at the time uh, decided to put him on varsity. And at the time, they had Richard Glover, Malcolm Martin, if you remember those were the seniors. Yeah. And he came, I think his first game, he might have had nine or something like that, So, which is pretty decent for a kid just getting moved up at the time. That's a major uh, uh, jump. And I think the next game, I think he might have had 30. And that's when it kind of, the, the legend kind of took off from there. And, uh, even when I was at Heidelberg, there was there was a guy that came to visit. They were from Middletown, and he said, "You know, we played a team from Lima." He said, do you, have, "Do you know a guy named Greg Simpson?" I said, "I know him very well." I said, "He's averaging about 37 points a game right now." And he's like, "He said we haven't never seen anything like this." Kid. You know, he was dunking in the ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Greg. He, I mean, his his legend is is worldwide. We would go to AAU tournaments when Martinez was playing. He said, "Where are you guys from, Lima?" We were in Virginia Beach at one time at the Nationals. You guys heard of Greg Simpson? Yeah, we know him very well. So I mean, he's he's known nationally. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you you know that well, uh, that era well. So uh, how would you describe just real quickly? How would you describe Aaron Hutchins and then Jamar Butler, and then we'll ask Martise about Xavier Simpson. Big time. Those guys were big time players, big time scorers. They knew the game. They were playing like college players when they're in high school. It's a good way so to describe it. They they're they're potential and what they had and the way they can shoot you know all those guys are definitely one of the best shooters to ever come out come out of Lima so those guys no doubt I knew they would do well in college yeah uh Martise how would you describe Xavier Simpson he's the latest uh, Mr. Basketball from Lima land man X is X is just like I tell people this all the time X is just like a dog like what you see what you see on the court that's that's x off the court like it's that's just does he ever is. smile does he ever like joke around <laughs> does he have fun man he's probably the most in the room he'll probably be the guy that jokes around more than anybody nice more than anybody man x man x is a, a great person off the court 
on the court, man, if you want his team, he's going to ride for you to the wheels fall off. And if you're going against him, he's going to be one of the most competitive people out there. And he's, he's going to go until the clock says all zero. So, yeah. You know, me and X, we, we're real good friends, and we, we speak often, and we, you know, we share a lot of things with each other. Um, He's he just such a hard worker. So the, for all the um, things that he's been able to accomplish so far, like if you see what he does behind closed doors and even just – He's doing the little things right, like making sure he eats right, making sure he stretches. Like he, so a lot of the success he's had is is, is no question. And, you know, I, I I have no doubt that he's going to do a great job at, at the pro level. Yeah, very good. Uh, how about a couple sentences, Martise, on uh, speaking of great players, Dakota Mathias, and then your teammate Terrence Sullivan uh, at the University of Finley. Yeah, man, Dakota Dakota is another one, and. Dakota, he, he stays really low-key, but, man, Dakota, he has, like, a very ex- extremely dedicated um, mentality and personality. Like, Dakota, I can remember when we were younger, in AAU days, like, he would be stretching and icing and not getting pop or not eating ice cream. And this one, we're young, and we looking at it like, man, what are you doing? But he, he was so disciplined early on and to see how – how much success he had at, at each level he's played at and, and for him to get an opportunity at, at the NBA level. On top of having a gym in his house, like, you know, you just got to root for a guy like that that just works so hard, um, super competitive. And even though on TV, you only see how much he can shoot. But behind closed doors, like, man, Dakota is a, is a hell of a player. Um, Taryn, a, another one, like, man, extremely hard worker. Um, obviously, we went to Finney together. We played AAU together in high school. so. We lived together our, our senior year. Um, man, Taryn, he's, he's a great guy. And Taryn, at the Division II level, he was such a tough um, matchup because he's probably about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, can jump. So if you put a wing on him, he can just take him to the post. Um, if you put a big on him, he can take him outside. So now at the pro level, he's also a weapon because he can shoot the ball. Um, with, so with that size and that athleticism, you know, he'll be able to get you a job. Yeah. Um, at the professional level somewhere. So, Taryn is another person I got a lot of respect for. If you remember him in high school, he was really skinny, um, really just looking to shoot it. But then he went to college, and if you see him now, he's, you know, gained a lot of weight, and he's, he's going to the basket um, a lot more. So, you know, all those guys, I don't think it's the reason why the success that people have had has, has happened. It's just it's the hard work. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And you guys just had an incredible career at Finley. It was just such a pleasure to – watch you guys and it was fun because i i really do believe that there's some um uh handprints and fingerprints of ron Neekamp still on that program where you guys really spread the floor well and it was fun because you were able to you were always able to hit the open man you had some incredible games there that i i was in person with with coach sagerson uh just real quickly um uh describe martise uh you then played for frank kill for four years because coach uh, sagerson retired uh, how would you describe Frank, and then how would you describe Charlie Ernst, your your college coach? Yeah, um, well, to start with Coach Kill, we had to kind of learn together early on because that was my freshman year was his first year as a varsity coach. Um, so you know, we I was learning how to become a um, varsity basketball player. He was learning his his players and the system and things like that. So. Um, Early on, me and Coach Kill didn't always see eye to eye, and he'll tell you that himself. And that wasn't because we disliked each other; we just we just saw things two different ways. And then, but then I think 
we just grew to develop more of a trust for each other over the years. Um, and I think I think Coach Kill saw how serious I was about it. Like I think he saw that I truly loved the game and I was dedicated. And even though he would, um, you know, at the time I thought he was like doubting me or whatever, but maybe he, he was just challenging me. And but I would always go and and, and work on it, whatever it was that I needed to do to get more playing time or to stay on the court. Um, so so yeah, I, I appreciate Coach Kill for that, I and mean, like we had some success to get together. So. I'm super appreciative of that. And Coach Ernst, man, he is such a great guy. Like, you know, just a great guy, god fearing man. Um, very defensive-minded coach. Um, extremely defensive-minded, which helped me a ton. Because um, our assistant coach, he was more kind of like, um, he, he did a lot of the things for offense. And you know, Coach Ernst had the final say. But Coach Ernst, man, he, he's a great guy. It's no, no coincidence. He has, he's had a lot of success also and has developed uh, type of pro- program he's been able to make since Coach Lee can't retire. So, you know, yeah. both of their schools a surprise. Yeah. All right. Well said. Uh, we're visiting with uh, Marty Kimbrough and uh, Martise Kimbrough, uh, two of uh, Lima Land Hoops and History's uh, best here. And uh, we're presented by Westgate Entertainment Center. If you haven't had their pizza, uh, make sure before or after the game you check out Westgate Entertainment Center. Uh, uh, Marty, I, I, I go back. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud here. So how did that conversation go when you had to tell Sean Allen that Martise was going to Lima Central Catholic and you were an assistant coach? It'd be like a Stolly. It'd be like Ron Williams telling Seg, hey, my kids are going to head on over to the – yeah. How'd that go? Yeah, and it's ironic, too. We joke about it. Martise was a ball boy along with Xavier Simpson, too. So just kind of a side note. Yeah. <laughs> and they all yeah. ended up at uh, – LCC there. But like I said, I came in uh, the next day, first thing in the morning, and just to be quite honest with you, I mean, there was, he's kind of speechless. He, he turned about as red as the red on Lima Senior's away jerseys, mm. and but like I say, the decision was made. This was a parent decision. Yeah. And it was, wow. it, pretty, it was pretty simple, and he respected it. Me and Sean are still good friends. We've talked numerous times off long, so it, yeah. it wasn't personal, and I think he kind of just understood and accepted it, and, and he did what was best for his team, and, you know, I did what was best for, you know, my kids as, as well as what he does for his, too. So that's that's pretty much the way it went. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, being a classmate of Sean's, um, you know, throughout the years, and I used to play basketball in his backyard um, mm-hmm. on a regular basis, and we battled, you know, for many years, but um, – I I truly felt sorry for him because there was there was a run of kids that ended up at my alma mater Lima Central Catholic that turned into state championship teams that I guarantee knowing you know that I've talked to him that those kids could have been on the floor for Lima Senior and it would it wouldn't have been surprised to have a Simpson and a Walton and a Kimbrough on the floor for Sean Allen right that that wouldn't have been something that people would have gone boy that's a that's an interesting group. Yes, and then you couple that with a Deshaun Simpson or Xavier or Tyler White. Yeah. Remember who you know, had a really good career at the Northern Kentucky. But it just and, – and a lot of people don't know that actually Martise was the only one that went from eighth grade city school junior high to the Catholic school. All mm. of those guys that you mentioned from like Xavier to Dantes to Trey Cobb to Corey Simpson, Michael Rogers, Bruce Hodges, Darius West – Every single one of those guys were already there. Hmm. So in, in grade school. Exactly. So he just kind of added to it. So it wasn't necessarily a mass 
exodus at one time. They just kind of all ended up going there throughout the years, whether it was elementary at St. Charles or, or whatever. And then Mark's piece was the last kind of piece of that puzzle. And then they were all friends, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hell of a piece to add, Martise Kimbrough. Uh, all right, so uh, um, so when when you think back, uh, Marty, to you know the history of Lyme Senior, we mentioned a number. We mis- mentioned you know when I think of Bruce Andrews and Anthony Thompson and Andre Reed and you know William White, who wasn't the greatest basketball player, but he was a great leader and obviously a All American football player and an NFLer. Uh, and then Greg Simpson comes along, Damon Lyles, um, Andre Horton. There's so many. Um, how do you describe the history of Lima Senior basketball when you're telling somebody that you run into in Virginia Beach that says, hey, do you know Greg Simpson? How, how would you describe Lima Senior basketball from really the, the time of like the 1980s, the last, the last 40 years? We call it guard, guard town. I mean, we, we make some great guards here. And it's just a tradition that was kind of started over the years, and you just kind of took the mantle. But when I was younger, I can remember watching Steve Howard, who was William Howard's brother. He was the 76th player of the year. Uh, I remember watching Nate Walton, who was yeah. a real good friend of mine. Nate was a 79 player of the year. He was, yes. don't know that. Yes. And, of course, you, know, you got you know Bruce and all these guys that come up, and we grew up watching these guys, whether it be at the Bradfield Center or even the YMCA. A lot of them would come in our backyards and play a lot of times. That that was a big deal for a young guy like me. So, And then when I came along, I wanted to do what they did or even surpass it. And then guys after me wanted to do what I did or even surpass me. So when it was just a tradition, you know, we don't grow them real big. We don't have a bunch of six, seven, six, eight, But we got a bunch of 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, six-foot guys that can just flat-out play. Yeah. And that's what I should describe. We're just guard city here. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, LCC and Lima Senior, when they play now for the Lima Cup, uh, Marty, who do you root for? It's Lima Senior. That's, that's, uh, like I said, I, I root for Lima Senior every game, except for the one time during a four-year stretch. When <laughs> the piece was, I believe it was 2010 to, to 2014. That's the only time I've never rooted for Lima Senior. And just for the record, his career, he, he was 4-0 against Lima Senior. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did that as well. So I, I'm not mad at that. So I, I got to root the name on the back is kind of bigger than the name on the front when it comes to that robbery. Well, then, yeah, <laughs> you you have a nice percentage because I think LCC only has 12 victories li- a lifetime against Lima Senior, so you have four of those, Martise. Uh, I got one, so you and I together, if we went to get a pizza, I'd buy I'd buy you know 80 percent of it, uh, and you get a ride free on the other 20. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's I think the the, uh, the the record now after this Lima Cup, latest Lima Cup is um uh it's 25 and 12 i think it was 24 and 12 heading into that game so lima senior has been the gold standard it's just been a incredible program but uh lima central catholic uh is uh you know in that conversation when it comes to great lima land history basketball teams let's fast forward to today and we talked about those great players that you mentioned uh some of your contemporaries Martise with Dakota and Taryn and Xavier Simpson. Uh, how would you describe George Mangus? Uh, and if, you know, the times that you've maybe been able to see him play, uh, Martise, I'm assuming you've seen him play. Yeah, I, I, um, I think I went to maybe, I think I went to two of their games, the, uh, the tip-off game against LCC, and then actually this past game um, when he had 57. Oh. Um, I think they might have played Charwood. Yeah. 
But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I really hope, I really hope that he wins the Mr. Basketball. I think that'll be good for the city of Lima. Um, I, if, if anybody's gonna get it, it, might as well be somebody from my city. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess they get their own ch- um, chance to win a state championship. I haven't really followed them that closely, but uh, from what I've seen him play, um, I think he's, I think he's a really smart player. I think he, I think he does what he knows he's good at. He doesn't really try to do anything more um i think he can i think he moves really well without the ball that was one thing i didn't really even really become aware of until i got to college was just moving without the ball and i think that's where a lot of his points come from he just he gets a lot of easy baskets and i guess the best shot in the game would be a layup so if if, if you can shoot a bunch of layups i guess why not indeed so uh you know, it, it, it works out because they, they play like a zone. So you force teams to shoot jumpers. And obviously, the longer you shoot the jumper, the longer the rebound will probably be. So he's able to get a lot of fast break points, which is which is smart. That works for their system and their team. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think whatever they're doing it is obviously working. So uh, I wish nothing but the best for him. I, th- I think he, he, he's also uh, really good at finishing. He can yeah. finish with both hands. I haven't really been able been able to see him do a whole lot more than that. Um, just both games were like really high scoring, fast paced games, so I wasn't really able to see much half court offense. Um, so, but from what I did see in just those two games, I think uh, if he can keep moving without the ball, and obviously he can he can finish well. Um, yeah. That that was yeah and that that's 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 a good description that that was a well staple of yours. You're right at Finley where you moved great without the ball and being able to put yourself in a position to get your shots. Uh, uh, Marty, how would you describe George Mangus? You've seen a lot of basketball over the last 40-plus years. Yeah, I've, I've watched him. Like I said, obviously because of the pandemic, I'm not able to go to the game, but they're on TV an awful lot, WSN or whatever. And uh, like Martins hit the nail on the head, uh, he plays within himself. Uh, he's got good size. He's a good shooter. Uh, and I've told Martins, uh, my opinion, he's going to get Mr. Basketball. He's mm. got the best stats on probably the best team with the record one loss in almost two years. I mean, that's – and there's no – I haven't heard anything about anybody else around the state doing anything with what he's doing. So, you know, he has my vote for Mr. Basketball. Yeah. It's not always yeah. who has the – going to the biggest college or who has the best athlete okay. or it's, it's who's the best player at that time. And right now, he's the guy that's – his name is ringing all around the state. So – uh, I'm looking forward to the game. Now, that, I know it's going to be on live this Saturday. Yeah, it's Lima Senior and Shawnee. It's the, it's the last game of the season, and it will be uh, televised. Uh, you're right, on WOSN. It'll be live. that um, will be taking place Saturday. I don't know when we'll drop this podcast, so I don't know if we'll drop it before. We'll try and drop it before the, uh, uh, the, uh, the game. But, yes, indeed, uh, Lima Senior has uh, – Toledo St. John's and then Shawnee back to back Friday and Saturday. So really, one, 24 hours from now they've got St. John's, and then 48 hours from now it's Shawnee. Which I love the fact that you know the local teams are playing. I was uh, a little bummed out this week. Ottoville was they had scheduled a game with Shawnee, and I was going to go watch that game, um, and they weren't able to do that. But um, uh, those are good, really good uh, pieces of that puzzle. Uh, staying current. Uh, what do you what do you think, Marty, of this Lima senior team? This year's edition, Quincy Simpson lost 10 players, 10 seniors, kind of like your team, your senior year. And uh, one of them's having some nice success at uh, Bowling Green State University and 
Josiah Fulcher. Uh, how would you describe this team uh, in this year's edition of the Spartans? Well, you just hit the nail on the head. That's what I was going to say. Lose a senior-laden team and still be, I believe, 18-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right now, they're, they're, they're going to win the track. So I'm really proud of what these young guys are doing. You have a lot of guys, majority of them, besides maybe uh, Khalil Luster, uh, Cam Miles, majority, most of these guys, I'd say 80% of them were playing JV last year, mm. which they had a lot of success. But as you know, it's a huge jump between JV and varsity. Yeah. So these guys are doing very well, and I think Quincy would even attest to that. That you know, that might be a little bit ahead of where he uh, thought they would be. So uh, I'm, I'm hearing some good things about what they're going to try to do against against Shawnee. I don't want to give them away on the air, but I'm hearing some that uh, yeah. they're really looking forward to this Shawnee game, considering what happened last year. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, and one one thing there, uh, Martise. Uh, each Saturday, I interview Charlie Ernst uh, at the top of the nine o'clock hour, and uh, we've we've done it all year long, and it's a it's a joy to to talk to him. It's fun talking to him, and um, we get a lot of insight uh, from him. He did say on my program that he's not allowed to say certain things, but yes, indeed, uh, they had somebody watching George. This is early in the year, and uh, we are very interested in in George Mangus. Uh, how do you think he would fit in at uh, the University of Finley? Uh, well, I think it's going to um, depend on how they use him. I, I think I I know Coach Ernst is just big on, first and foremost, just being a good person. I know he, he tries to have a great culture and program there. So yeah. I, I don't know George Mangus personally, So, but the fact that they're recruiting him, he must be a good, good person. Um, as far as how he fits in with the system, I played with a guy when I was there. His name was his name is Anthony Master Lasco. He's from Liberty Bend. He's a senior there right now. Yeah. Um. From the the times that I've seen George play, he kind of reminds me of him in terms of like Anthony got most of his points um early on, just for moving without the ball. So um and I know the assistant coach Coach Sardo he 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 preaches player movement, not only ball movement but player movement. So from what I've seen from George Mangus, he's Really good at moving without the ball. Like I said, I, I've seen him finish with both hands. You think he can play um, there? I mean, sure. Yeah, for sure. They they definitely like. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I do too. I, I went and saw Charlie was kind enough to let me come. It was against Hillsdale. It was the game where uh, Schmock hit the, the 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 the. It was on Sports Center, and and the guy you just mentioned was just on Sports Center, uh, with the dunk the other night. Uh, Mather, Mazarowski, uh, uh, I'm mis- mispronouncing his name, but he was on Sports Center, and I, I do have to tell you something that I was the only person sitting across from Hillsdale's bench in the gym, and I had filmed the first, the last two plays, thinking Finley was going to win. I'm going to post it. You know, people are going to get. It's going to be you know a nice win for Finley, and I forgot when Hillsdale tied it up with a three late that. Uh, I forgot to record it, and, and a schmuck would have been coming running right back at me, Tommy, when he hit that shot, and it was on Sports Center. So anyway, that's just a personal gut punch to me because I was like, that would have been a really cool video for him to have the rest of his life running right at me. But uh, I watched that game, and I thought George Mangus could fit in there awfully well at Finley. Uh, have you seen Lima Senior play Martise this year? Yeah, I've been to uh, two of their games. Yeah, and how would you describe their team? 
Uh, I think basically kind of like what my dad was saying. I think um, they're doing a lot with what they have. Like they they have a young um, or inexperienced squad as far as at the varsity level, but they also have a lot of guards. Um, so I think the way that they get up and down and they, man, they put so much pressure and in, in, uh, Jordan Rollins, like man, his defense is, is so crazy. And Khalil, man, this is his improvement each year. So I, I like the two games that I seen them play. Um, I love the the way the style of playing. It reminds me of kind of how we play when when I used to play uh, for Coach Q in, in the AAU days. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got about five minutes left um, in the uh, program. It's uh, Marty Kimbrough the father of Martise Kimbrough. It's great to have both of them here on the Limeland Hoops and History podcast presented by Westgate Entertainment Center. And, uh, well, first of all, Marty, uh, you were you said, you know, when you described you were coaching as an assistant with uh, Sean Allen and then Quincy was also part of that staff. So Quincy Simpson, who's now the head coach at Lima Senior. Uh, what's it like? to play for Quincy Simpson. I know you didn't, Marty, play for him, but how would you tell people how it is that people, when they're playing for Quincy Simpson? Well, for one, Quincy is a demanding coach. He expects a lot out of you. You know, he, you know when he coaches you a certain way, he expects that. Hmm. So the kids respect him. He gets along with them, too. Another good thing about Quincy that a lot of people don't know, he's such a father figure to these guys. Hmm. So he has an excellent relationship with all of his players off the court. And that translates on the court. A lot of times he might not have the best shooters or the best athletes, but they will run through a wall for Quincy. Mm. He's like that with his AAU teams because we coached together for several years in AAU. And uh, he does that for his, when he coached JV. Uh, well, actually started out as freshman coach with Mark Gaffney. And then he was JV coach. And then, of course, he moved up to varsity. Yeah. So yeah. Quincy is, is a guy, if you're from Lima, you're a Lima senior, your dream is to play for Quincy. Mm. He's that type of coach, put it that way. Yeah. Uh, well said. Very well said. Uh, okay. So, uh, Martise, I, I wanted just to get what was uh, your uh, uh, describe your professional career. Uh, not many folks have been able to do this uh, with the great history of Lima Land basketball, been able to go professional, go play professionally. You went to Europe uh, for a couple of years. And then, of course, this pandemic, which has not been fun for anybody, ends up getting in the way of a lot of those things. Uh, just tell our audience, um, give us a couple, you know, give us a paragraph on uh, playing overseas and what that experience was like. Yeah, I mean, it was real fun. Uh, something that you can't fully prepare for, but it's like everything you used to in America, put that out the window and then fully just be comfortable being uncomfortable for a little while. But it's a different style of game, but, you know, it's still basketball at the end of the day. So just adjust and really try to embrace it while you're there because, it's nothing's promised as COVID um, showed all of it. So really embrace it. Um, once this clears back up, things will be back to normal. So it's kind of been a, a blessing in disguise. I've been able to keep getting better and add some things to my game, add some weight, add inches to my vertical. Um, so I'll, I'll just use it to my advantage. Yeah, you were a journalism major, and you've done a lot of things. I'll, I'll get that real quickly before we end the program. But uh, you still want to continue playing professionally. Uh, I'm sure our audience wants to know that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I am still playing professionally. It's just, I mean, things that you would just understand if you were in the situation. But, uh, no, I am still playing. I want to continue to play as, as long as God allows me to. Yeah, for sure. Well, we, we certainly hope uh, we, we do root really hard for our people. And, uh, 
it's a lot of fun. I never thought, uh, Marty, I'd be a, a Michigan fan, but I rooted for Michigan really hard for four years uh, when Xavier was there, and I rooted really hard for Purdue with Dakota Mathias. Uh, I, got, I actually got to see them play in the Big Ten Championship game in uh, Madison Square Garden uh, alongside Coach Adams uh, and uh, Dan Mathias. So I ha- at that time, I had to put my Purdue hat on, uh, but Michigan won that game. Uh, at the garden, but it was an incredible experience uh, and just kind of a summary of what uh, we bring to uh, the world of basketball from little Lima land. So, um, all right, very good. Uh, Marty, just uh, real briefly, there's a number of schools who could have got there last year to stay. It was Shawnee and Columbus Grove and Parkway and Ottawa Glandorf and Lima Senior. A lot of the same names, Lima Senior, OG, Shawnee, Columbus Grove, Ottoville. Who do you have your eye on in the tournament? You can name a couple teams before we uh, get out of here. Well, obviously, Lima Senior. I think they can make a good run. The majority of the teams that they're going to play through the regionals are the Toledo teams. And right now, I think Lima Senior has a leg up on them. Now, they, what I'm hearing, I think, in the regional finals would be the Akron winner, which could be Lakewood St. Ed's. Yeah, and they obviously, played they them. Played this year and Lakewood at St. Ed's got the leg up on them this year. Uh, as far as Shawnee, the same thing. It's pretty much a WBL run for the most part. Now, once they get to the state, if that was to happen, I think you could see the likes of obviously Akron St. Vincent. Uh, yeah. you know, possibly they could run into Triwood again. You never know. Uh, I know Ottawa is making a real good run right now with the uh, Josh Thornburg kid who's uh, signed with Finley as well. Right. So all right. those teams I'm kind of keeping an eye on. And I think Northwest Ohio will have a good representation in uh, making a run to the state this year. Yeah. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, I got about an hour with this podcast uh, where they let me uh, do an hour with it, but uh, I really appreciate it. It's been a fun going back down memory lane and then also making sure that uh, we stay current and uh, Martise will be rooting for you. Keep us posted on what you're doing. Hopefully we can visit here in the near future. Uh, check us out on the radio. Check your old coach out, Charlie Ernst. We'll be talking to him at 9 o'clock on uh, Saturday mornings. Uh, for the next, hopefully for a long run. Uh, I know that uh, they've had a couple of stumbles here lately, but uh, you know they've got the GMAC uh, tournament, and then hopefully they'll be in the national tournament. But uh, guys, it was a real pleasure uh, having you on. We haven't seen each other in a while because of COVID, but uh, it's a pleasure uh, visiting with you for an hour. Appreciate that, man. I never thought in a million years I'd be on a podcast. And uh, I appreciate you doing that for me. So I'll, I'll uh, remember this for a long time. So oh, Only superstars. We only accept superstars on the podcast, man. That's a good one. All right, I'll take that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, tell your family I said hello. Martise, all the best to you, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. You got it. All right. Uh, it's Martise Kimbrough and Marty Kimbrough, uh, two of Lima Land's greatest. And uh, Lakewood Lakers. We were part of the Lakewood Lakers growing up. And uh, – a real pleasure to uh, have Martise and Marty Kimbrough on the program here. The Limeland Hoops in History, the latest edition uh, presented by Westgate Entertainment Center. If you haven't had their pizza, make sure you do before or after the game. Have a great uh, week, everybody, and it's uh, the tournament trail. Keep it posted right here on Limeland Hoops in History.